Hello and welcome to the latest Backer Than Ever episode brought to you in association with Schroders. Just to show his commitment to the cause, my co-manager Julian Marr is phoning in from his holes in uh, sunny Italy. Jules, ciao. Ciao, bello. Also joining us this week is special guest Justin Nukasi, who is CIO at St James's Place. Justin, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. Now, before we kick off, Julian, do we have uh, a word from our sponsor this week? We do, we do, um, and it's been written for me. Uh, so I can say in all my serious voice, Schroders is a global investment manager whose purpose is to provide excellent investment performance through active decision-making. For more than two centuries, count them, Schroders has evolved their understanding of markets, offering investment solutions across fixed income, equities, multi-asset and private markets. And Jules, please, please, please don't make any half-assed jokes trying to be funny about the insurance. No, sorry, Adam, you, you, that was your comment. But I'm not supposed to read that bit out. <laughs> oh, we did that well. Um, <laughs> so before bringing on our guest, let's quickly look at performance in Game Week 24. Well, the only thing I've really got to say is that, Jules, I'm glad you've got something other on your mind than the team's performance at the moment. Uh, another woeful week, just a 49 points scored versus the average of 65. Um, maybe if we hadn't left Gabrielle on Hoyland on the bench, who's returned six and 12 points respectively, the team would be looking at green arrows rather than red ones and our global ranking fall to 2.5 million in the world um have a quick look at portfolio activity turnover this week was limited just to replacing jota uh sorry replacing gordon to jota which did reap some reward with the liverpool man getting a seven points and he does set us up a bit for this week's coming double game week um other highlights if there were any uh were 10 points from brighton's gross who in my own team I left on the bench, and six points from our relatively new holding, uh, Brentford's Tony. Oh, Jules, it feels that optimism from just a few weeks ago feels a long time ago. Uh, any views on the week and how badly we did versus the benchmark? Well, I think any views I have on this can't be um, no response to my Schroders and we're being grown-ups. I can't actually express them as fully as I might do. But yeah, it was not a good week. Um, I would say the only positive spin I could put on it is, that, you know, I do do the benchmark team of the most popular players or the most known players in the league. And um, while we were beaten by 30 points last week, we were only beaten by 29 points this week. So it's, uh, if we keep doing that, we might um, move into positive territory sometime around 2026. Uh, it was bad. Um, no, no worries on the goalkeeper they both scored two points Martinez and Neto we had Martinez dreadful choices for that I think this is my fault I don't know why I'm so anti-Gabriel I, I I was I had him at the beginning of the season myself and then have just refused to own him and what in the last six game weeks he's had a 10 pointer a 17 pointer and this week a 12 pointer didn't help us um he was on the bench uh this time around so I'll, I'll back, so it was a stupid hour with zero but I'll back three of Porro two Trent on four and Doughty on one not as bad as the last couple of weeks, but still pretty bad. Midfield, ugh. Richarlison scored two. Gross, he's been doing well for us the last couple of weeks. He got 10. Uh, Foden, just the three after all the high hopes of last week's 20 that we missed on the bench. Captain De Bruyne, who came on uh, late for an assist. 
Jota, uh, who we brought in, as you say, for a bit of liberal coverage for the double game week coming up, seven points. Sankey with the four, Tony with the six, and, and Hoyland. I, I, I guess in my head I made the mistake of saying, I think Villa will bounce back from that loss against Chelsea and do better against United. Um, I imagine uh, Justin will have views on that later, but uh, they didn't really do that. So against the benchmark, this was not a team, you know, this was a good time to be on the benchmark, really. Um because all the big the big owned players, uh, well, the most owned players, um, Harland, who was sixty three percent owned, who he so therefore our captain, he got or the benchmark captain. He was up to twenty six points. Saka sixty percent, and he got fifteen points. Uh, Palmer. 40% own, he's on 10 points. Saliba, 36, and own 12 points. So uh, benchmark of Ariola, Trippier, Saliba, Porro, and Estu, and then Saka, Palmer, De Bruyne, Foden in midfield. Um, and then um, Harland and Watkins, that, as I say, uh, brought up uh, 78 points, was I believe, um, just just dreadful. And uh, beat us by, by a long, long way, by 29 points. So not... Yeah, the new regime, the new sponsorship regime ended as the last or began as the last one ended with us doing really, really badly. So lucky we've got such a guest to come and set us straight. See that, see that, see the segue there. I did see the segue, but I just had a light bulb moment for how badly we're doing at the moment and, and our bench picks. Maybe if we started thinking of ourselves as a hedge fund and start, you know, the, the, the bench is our arbitrage. They're, they're our shorts. We need to start playing our shorts. We need to start playing our bench. Uh, so maybe that um, is how I said that. Maybe that is the way that we play our bench boost is when we feel like we need to uh, hedge. Because <laughs> at the moment we'd have a we'd have a good hedging strategy with our bench. Possibly. I mean, I, 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 if that was a light bulb moment, I'm not sure what the light bulb was actually on. But OK, we'll give you benefit of the doubt. So. <laughs> well, we, we keep desperately trying to think of ways of playing these chips. Um, so let's uh, so let's bring on our guest, as you've already mentioned. Um, one of the most in demand um, figures in the industry right now. I say that just because of how long it's taken them to get on the uh, get him on the pod. Uh, <laughs> Justin joined SJP in St James's Place in October last year, uh, with more than twenty years experience in the investment management industry. He's leading the development of the firm's investment proposition, asset location approach, and selection of external fund managers. All sounding perfect for this pod so far. Um, in addition to his um, former role as head of retail investments, EMEA, and head of retail multi-asset funds, uh, El Jim, as a mouthful, he held uh, positions of Eva Investors, Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, and Aon Consulting. Outside of his role at SJP, Justin's also shown leadership throughout the industry, campaigning, championing diversity, equity and inclusion. He's received various accolades and recognition. In 2020, in 2020, he was awarded the honour of the freedom of the City of London. Quite the CV there. <laughs> Justin, let's get started. What's your FPL pedigree? Um, I know you have played before because we chatted a bit about it, but a little birdie tells me you've taken a rest this season. So uh, why the retirement? I have taken a rest this season. I, I, well, I've done I've done generally okay. So I've played in and out for the last, I don't know how many years, you know, well over a decade, actually. And I think, I think overall I've always been towards the top half of the of the table. Um, you know, a few times I think I've challenged for the title in the Elgin League or my local Manchester League with um, my friends called Manchester Mandem. 
women are are invited. Just want to make it make it very clear. <laughs> um, it's called uh, Manch the Man Dem, uh, and and but I've never actually won uh, the title. Never won the title in any any of the leagues. Came very close a number of times. Um, so yeah, I think there's 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 some there's some painful disappointment there that I've never won never won a coveted trophy. Uh, but, but what I would say is that I am taking a break uh, to concentrate on on the family. <laughs> it eats into family time. Um, no, no, I've taken this new job. It's a massive role. It's uh, chief investment officer at a FTSE 100 business. It, it does mean that the, the the I wasn't too sure as I was starting in October what the demands of my time would be and whether I'd get you know enough time to even with just the role uh, and balancing that with with family time. Family is really important to me, so I thought, you know what, let, let me let me put this on on hold for a season and maybe come back to it next season. But I do really enjoy it, really enjoy it, and I do want to get back to it at some point in the future. So, Adam, what do you think that makes? So, Justin becomes gets a more important role, steps back from fantasy league. We've taken on two teams each. Just that doesn't say much about our lives, does it, or what we think of our families? Maybe less <laughs> ugly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. What he says is he's phoning in from his holiday in Italy. <laughs> the family are here somewhere, I'm sure of it. I swear I've seen them earlier this week. Right, um, I'm going to go on to the investment side uh, of it now. Um, what's Adam written for me to say? Given your multi-asset background, Justin, is it a stretch to draw parallels? No, it's not a stretch. We've asked you to draw parallels. However much the stretch, draw parallels between the game and your day job. And if it isn't a stretch, and even if it is because you're on the show now and there's no escape, what tips would you give us to try and help our team get going again? <laughs> so I think, I think there are parallels, right? Uh, it's, it's really interesting uh, that my bias when I manage multi-asset portfolios is to diversify, big believer diversification, spreading risk over lots and lots of different asset classes, smooths out the bumps and bruises along the way. Um, you know, does mean that you know when you've got uncertainty that you can you know register you know, decent returns over time. May mean that you're never you know right at the top of the league tables. Also means that you're not right at the, at the bottom and. and that was always my approach for um, fantasy Premier League as well, right? It was almost to diversify, have your foundation, and then make tilts relative to that diverse that diversified player base. But that probably is the reason why I've never actually been at the top of the league after one season, and I've always, but I've always been, I suppose, either top quartile or top decile around around that type of. Uh, around that type of rank, but never top the league. And I think that's because I've never really taken the really sizable concentrated positions, both in my portfolio or in fantasy football. Uh, however, I do think that this game very cheesy now. If you took a medium-term view and actually you, you calculated my returns or my points over three to five seasons, I actually, I was, I was, looking, I was trying to look back at this, I think that I would have done... I would have actually been top of the of the, the particularly the Manchester League, maybe not the Elgin League, but the Manchester League. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that actually taking that medium term view would be would be beneficial. So actually, what what we probably should do is actually do what what the fancy Premier League should do is run this over three to five years, 
and then and then I do pretty well out of it. I like that. That's such a humble brag. What makes you an almost good fancy league player is what makes you a great investor. And of course, if you put yourself cumulatively speaking, and that's I'm glad you managed to get a go. That we we've been struggling for the medium term. Yeah, fantasy scout do a hall of fame. So maybe this is what we should do. You would be in your your Manchester hall of fame for for your past performance. That is very nicely done. I like that. Thank you for that. Um, I do have a second question. Is it one I wrote or one that Adam wrote for me? Uh, investing is often preached as a long-term game but periods of short-term losses can be painful for the mental health how have you learned to deal with it in your day job um maybe me asking this while on a holiday and with adam writing it for me is one good tip (laughs) um yeah, no, yeah, I know you're thinking, was there a question there, Jules? Uh, yeah, I think, we, I mean, I'll, if I, I'll, I'll, I'll just rephrase that one possibly, and then we can decide whether to edit it out or not. But I, yeah, there's, there, there is a mental health aspect of Fantasy League. I've been wanting to do a touch on it for a while now. Um, you know, you can get quite wrapped up in in these things. Certainly Adam and I have done over the last six months. And, you know, you can find your mood swayed by things. I don't want to trivialise um, that by, by, by using that as a reference. But I think one can get caught up in one's, one's work life as well. And and, and I know you're, you're, so you're such a champion across such a different um, elements of sort of the, the sort of it's not, you know, all types of diversity, including the mental diversity. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really good point, Jules. And, um, Look, short term, it, when you're managing money, it's really easy to become, you know, so involved in the process, so involved in markets, absorbed by it all. And probably the most painful thing, and I, I've been, I mean, call it skill or luck, uh, and I think I, I do think that that actually in any performance tables, particularly in the short term luck can play a big part and um, being on the right side of positions but ultimately you know over time i think skip skill becomes important but but look you know th- there are times where you are on the wrong side and performance isn't great in the short term and i think it's very interesting that the the behaviors that when you're doing well you know you're coveted and the salespeople are you know giving you high fives and then when you're not doing bad when you're doing poorly that yeah you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but those same salespeople will, will, will completely ignore you in the corridor. You know? <laughs> and, and actually, it, it, and the point is, though, is that actually underperforming is, um, is a real challenge. Uh, and I think it's about sticking to your process. It's about being resilient. Um, and I think the best, like in life, to be honest, is the, almost the, the, the fund managers who can have that long-term view and bounce back and, uh, they're the ones that, that typically will, will benefit but it is, it is difficult when you do have your styles out of favour you're underperforming uh, and you know everybody even the best performers even the, the, um, the top decile managers over 10 years you know they will have periods of of, of underperformance um, I, I think the, the, the one last thing I'd say is, is that, that, that whenever you have um, those challenging periods, I think, you know, friends, family and people that are close to you are just so important. And, and I think, you know, similar to um, when people are having you know, a really tough time, having that network, having that mentorship, having those peers that you can, you can lean off and they can lean off you is, is, is vitally important. 
No, absolutely. I think, and I swear I'm not doing this just because of our sponsor, but I always think one of the most interesting ways of sort of seeing, sort of trying to, to sort of to help out and, and sort of planning the future on this one was with the um, um, 10 odd years ago. I know they've been making a big plan of it and the Valley team at Schroeder's, but the idea was that because you had people so into value, which often pushed them quite extremely on the edges, it was uh, Peter Harrison, I think, went out and found all the people who thought the same and put them into the same team as a way of sort of supporting them. And I think yeah, that's a great idea you know, in terms of, you know, maybe in terms of on the investment. I suppose it's kind of the same as me and Adam thinking similarly being stuck in a corner of a room uh, having to deal with bot now. But I thought, yeah, so finding finding like-minded people to support you when, you know, you, things aren't working the way it should do, even though you know it will be all right in the end. There's no harm there. No, uh, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. The, the, the other thing to link it to football, actually, is that when you do go through that period of underperformance, the, 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 the other thing you worry about is your job, right? And, and similar to almost a football manager, in a way, yeah. that, that if you have a run, a run of losses, then you are worried about your job. And, and, and I do think that there are, that there are and, and uh, you know, we said tongue-in-cheek before, but there are, there are some real parallels there. Yeah, well, I can reassure Adam there that actually when it comes to his job, it's got nothing to do with Botnow. There's plenty of other areas where he falls short, so you should worry first. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Um, <laughs> always inspirational. Um, now, many the, the people who, um, obviously this is a pod, you know, that we can't, our listeners can't actually see you today, Dustin, but you are sat there. We're, we're looking at you in your Man United shirt. Uh, and many in the industry know of your love for Man United. You've even got your infamous sort of uh, red tie that you wear to a lot of meetings and Zoom calls. Now, United have been a cause of huge frustration for the Botnav portfolio this season. Um, we still but, can't. But also personal, personal amusement and merriment as well, I would add, on top of that. I mean, you know, we've been losing out on the performance, but laughing while they fail. It's kind of a win-win, really, as well. No, they're definitely a win-win. Um, we still don't talk about Bruno. Um, the Hoyland pick um, from our wild card at the end of last year hasn't worked out so badly so far, even though we do still keep benching him. Um, so what should we be doing? Should we be taking heed of the team's recent upturn in performance that we've seen, seen since the turn of the year? And are there any United players flying under the radar that you think might be worthy of inclusion in the portfolio? It's, it's really interesting. So... Clearly, there have been a, a team that frustrated me over the last um, since since the start of the season. I think they they've underperformed given the plays that they have. I'm a season ticket holder as well, so that's even more frustrating. Uh, but I, I do think that all of a sudden they're starting to find a bit of balance and, and a style of play. And, and the big the big challenge compared to last season where we actually did reasonably well right we did reasonably well once you know won one trophy got to a final of another got into the champions league uh, and we really thought they'd push on but you do notice a massive difference when casemiro martinez and shaw came back just the balance of play just it just completely shifted and, and don't get don't get me wrong that the last two games against west ham and against villa they still had a lot of shots and, and uh, you know a lot of attempts, actually more than more than us for I think being both in both of those games. So we didn't play fantastically, but we did have a style when going forward. So I think that front three of Garnacho, Rashford, and Hoyland, and then Casemiro, Mania, and Fernandez just gives us this kind of balance. 
that if I think about players, uh, I do think Mainu is a fantastic player. Uh, and um, he's probably one of those that, you know, isn't too expensive, but he, he, he's got a fantastic engine on him. He, he will be box to box. His touch is fantastic. He will be, they're talking about bringing him into the Euros, right? I mean, he, he is going to be a fantastic player. Uh, I do think Shaw and Dallow um, uh, just look quite interesting just because uh, United do rely on, on those fullbacks putting in the crosses because they tend to play with inverted wingers. Dallow's got um, Dallow's crossing is actually really is really really strong, and and sure well we know sure sure in terms of, it, of his his delivery. Um, the, the other thing is is the last point is that Rashford tends to play really well when Shaw is alongside him or behind him uh, because I think he just opens up the space for him because of his overlapping. So I. I do. It's no surprise actually that you know we started to see a better, better form from Rashford since Shaw's been back. I know he's, he tends to be quite expensive, but um, yeah, they're, they're the players that I've mentioned. I do think Mainu is. He is. I do think he's probably one of the best midfielders that I've seen at that age at Old Trafford for for years, years and. Definitely one to watch for the for the for the value side of things. I'm, I, yeah, he's um, you know, four point four. It's, it's a question. It's one of those classic ones. You, you, as long as he's not going to go down the Makaleli route, he does seem to be slightly more attacking. He got the goal against Wolves, I remember. So there is, there is that. Yeah. As for Garnacho, sorry. You're... Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, I think when he plays with Casemiro, um, out of those two, he's always going to be. The number eight and Casemiro is going to be the number six in a way. So, um, yeah, w- w- whether he will get those, you know, a large number of assists, I, 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 I don't know. But I think he is going to be in the side for, to the rest for the rest of the season. And at four point four million, um, he's one of those that you, mm. you know, one of the diversifiers in a way that you use as a foundation mm. of your your portfolio before you, so you can you can take bigger bets elsewhere. Yeah, the Garnacho one is an interesting one. I mean, it's frustrating for me because I sort of, um, I actually earned him for the first couple of months of the season, got about zero points out of him, watched him, did lose about me about 3.3.4 of value all the way down. And then somehow um, he's moved on. He's obviously very much the Eric Morecambe's law as a, over the course of Fantasy League season, I use all, the, I own all the right players, but not necessarily in the right order. And uh, my Garnacho, and now, of course, I'm I'm being emotional and doing what I shouldn't do and thinking, right, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've been burned by him once, I'm not going back again. But again, you know, he's shooting back up and, um, you know, he's, and he's learning to pass a bit to Hoyland. That's the other thing. I think we've said once or twice on this podcast is that you've got Hoyland up front. He's such a willing runner. He's there. He's so tall. And yet you had sort of Garnacho and um, Anthony just running and then blazing over as if they were trying to score three-point conversions or two-point conversions, three-point three. I mean, just just madness. So maybe they're, they're, they're beginning to find him a bit more as, as, a, as a step in the right direction as well. Yeah, um, I, think, I think you're right. I think they've started to realise they've got a centre-forward now. Uh, who can who can hold it up? Who's good in the air? Who's strong? Who's quick? Uh, and and therefore, I think that is that is starting to help as well. Um, and then you've also got the goal scoring sensation in uh, in Scott McTominay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is is that an overvalued trade? Yeah, I mean, is he is he is he out? I mean, this is the trouble. I mean, there's a couple. Yeah, yeah he he's been phenomenal off the bench, right? And uh, he is he. 
and it, and he, he's he can score goals, right? And he's, he's shown that for Scotland. He's shown that for for, uh, for United. He, he's turned into the new Fellaini, where we we bring, yeah. <laughs> bring him off the bench, and and actually he's he's got he's great in the air. So I, I, I do I do I think we're in a, in a pretty good position overall. Um, and you know, watch it. I know you. Spurs fans, right? So you know, watch out. No, watch no, out no I'm off the free. I'm off the charts on this. I'm a Southampton, so you don't have to worry about me in any shape or form. Uh, oh, Southampton. Yeah. Oh, so, right, yeah. Okay, okay. Next yeah. season. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Not after last night, but there we go. It is it is strange that I know because there's a lot of these United ones where you actually have to be super brave because if you if you got him for Maguire a couple of months back. He's done phenomenally well about him, four point from four million up to four point two million as well. So he's done really well. Gone actually, so Tomonet. I mean, you just can't. You just it's just just luck if you've got him play and then you've got him off the scoring off the bench. If it, just from fancy league terms. But there's Zarafina, as you say, mine could well be. I think, but you know, as he he's only going to get better and better and better, isn't he? And if you know, we can. I know he's having his head turned. Um, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got options as he plays for internationally. But I think you know, if, if Mr. Southgate, you know, just decides to step up, it's, it's, yeah, he's played. He's played all the way up, all the way through the the England representation ages, hasn't he? I think so. Fingers crossed. No, it's a, there is some there is some interesting one, but but not Bruno, as we say. It is weird again because we've just got it because of United. Oddly enough. Pretty much, that it was one of the certainties of fancy league. You just don't pick United for the last three months, and we haven't yeah. gone wrong. And then we started yeah. picking Hoyland. We thought we'd been clever, and we scored as many points off the bench. Or we would what have we? We've got we 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 got his eleven pointer. Then we benched him for a ten pointer. Got him for an eight pointer, and then benched him for a six pointer. But he's done what is that? 10, 21, 29, 35, 35 points in the last four games. It's just you know he's yeah. on fire. He's, he's, so the rule of thumb is we'll play him this week, and he'll get one point. Yeah. Well, yeah. see how it goes. Well, it, well hey, it, it, it'll do as a strategy. It's better than anything else we've got at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Watch out, Jamie Vardy. Five and five, isn't it, for Hoyland? So, so. Well, oh, there we go. Yeah, very. It could be. It could be. Now, Jay, it, we, it's, we've got you on the pod, so it seems a miss not to talk about the day job. Um, I think mm. it's now sort of five months. Is it five months into the role? Um, it's yeah. October to around, around that sort of time. How's yeah. how's things going, at SJP, so far? How are you finding it? Yeah, so in a very geeky way, I was counting the number of days and uh, working days. I'll reach day 100 on the 2nd of March. So that's the milestone. So I think, look, I've inherited a great team um, who are really thorough on the manager research side. I think when it comes to asset allocation as well, we have created a market lead in asset allocation process. And I've seen a lot of processes, right? So, so I think we are in a good position there. I think where I've been focusing though is to get the medium term asset allocation, um, just make it more robust. So bringing in an economist, uh, Petal Meta, bringing in Joe Wiggins from a, as a director of research, so just building that that kind of robustness around that medium term view. So trying to take those three to five year views relative to our long term asset allocation, that foundation. And you know, it's we have four thousand seven hundred advisors. So liaising with them has been has has been you know interesting. It's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, the largest wealth manager in the UK, one hundred and seventy billion and one million clients. Uh, but, but, but I think one thing is, you know, 
when I get to the 2nd of March, I'm hoping to really nail down that kind of investment strategy going forward. Um, but I think you have to keep on innovating with asset allocation. The market doesn't stay still. There's always new asset classes you know, that are coming into the universe. The universe is always expanding. So it's always important if you want to be you want to be market leading, you want to be on the front foot with asset allocation to keep on innovating, keep on thinking forward. And therefore, this isn't, okay, I'm coming in, and there's going to be a big change and that's it. It's going to be constant evolving over time to stay on the front foot. But the one big positive has been Polaris, um, the multi-asset fund range that we launched um, probably about 15, 16 months ago. Um, you know, it's raised about 30 billion pounds really fast growing multi-asset strategy and and been delighted with the with the performance there so so um as well as the models so i think focusing asset allocation is the right thing given that you know it's my it's my background it's my experience we've got you know thorough uh manager research team who uncover every single stone and um, ultimately as well i think also it's about you know offering more choice to the financial advisors and thinking about you know where do we from a investment perspective, how do you how do you want to offer different types of investment from concentrated active right down to low cost? And there's gonna be more on that as we as we get as we move later on into the year. But I think more choice for the advisors and linking then different investment strategies to their clients' attitude to risk can only be a positive thing. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so let's get back onto football then. Um, Jules, we're looking forward to the next game week. It's game week 25 and it's the big one, the double game week. As it stands, we've got six players potentially suited up to play twice, but one of those, Trent, is flagged. Um, so we're going to go all in and try and get some more. But obviously, at the same time, we've got to be uh, forward thinking um, and being mindful of the upcoming blank. And big question is, is it time to hit the triple captain button? Is that a rhetorical question or am I? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I, it is rhetorical because we'll talk yeah. our way in or out of it, whatever we do. Yeah, I know. I think, yeah, yes, I think it's 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 time for to hit the triple captain button if you've got Haaland. Uh, but um, sadly, we don't, of course. And uh, that's part of that's part of what we're, you know, the, the, the game we're playing. I mean, whether there is a Foden or a De Bruyne reason, I don't know. It's just, or a Jota. Uh, I'm just not sure. Or do we, do we hang on to Solanke? He'll have a double uh, in a few weeks' time. I feel that might be the triple captain we're going to have to play for but that's one to discuss um on on friday if i obviously i'll be ensconced with my family in sicily somewhere obviously doing lots of you know good father things but um obviously tear myself away for two minutes to discuss discuss the team but yes we've got a few i, I have to say whether or not trent plays is it does feel unlikely doesn't it or at least i don't think he's going to get a double game week and whether we want to play um doughty um man united home liverpool away again uh but I suppose we've got him. We might we might as well play him. But yes, we have got six. I was surprised when you said that. I thought you'd miscounted. But we'd uh, yes with with uh, with Doughty, Jota. For about Tony, but again, I mean, you know, he 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 does quite like. He's got Liverpool at home and City away, but he does quite enjoy scoring against the big boys. So um um and his what was his uh, the the other one the other day the uh, the sort of the assist that wasn't assist by ducking out of the way so um Mope could run on a score. Um so yeah, I think there's there's there's, there's some there's some fun against we had there. We we can't go too because I think this is the thing as uh, Justin was all earlier with the, with the diversification. Um, I do slightly worry. Uh, in my own team, you know, you go three 
three City, three Liverpool. It just doesn't set you up very well going forward because obviously Liverpool um, immediately blank the week after. Um, and obviously we've got Richarlison and, and Podre blank there, will blank then. Um, and then we've got the, the, the horrors of 29 coming up as well. So th- there's a bit of a, I, I quite enjoy this this sort of this part of the season, trying to sort of pick my way through it. But is, there is some strange, strange times ahead. But um, I think that the trick is probably think very hard about our bench apart from anything else. And let's see if we can keep our bench down below 20 points for once and um, see, see where we go from there. Justin, when you when you were when you were playing the game, was this something you know we we we've drawn parallels with the game in sort of some ways, but was this something that you know that you're always sort of conscious of? You know, another aspect of it being forward thinking in sort of some ways, and I suppose the differences between this game and investment is that you know double game weeks, double game play. You know, thinking of setting up a team for one week, but being conscious of the next and sort of stuff like that. Is yeah, is that a game? Is that a side of the game that you were good at, or did you always think ah, I've got to be a bit more long term and not just play the doubles when they come come around and try and maximise returns? Yeah, so so I try to look through, unsurprisingly, given a, a medium-term view, <laughs> I try to look through uh, a lot of the double game weeks and look through some of that short-term noise. And to be honest with you, it never really works. And and because ultimately you, you do have to you do have to be thinking one week, two weeks ahead, what happens in, in game week 29 and so on and so forth. And the, the other issue, which is always an issue, is that I used to take my daughters to drama on on the Saturday, and I had like an hour gap, an hour window to redo really everything. Uh, and actually, once you sit down and you get a coffee in in, in Cafe Nero, then you've only got like half an hour, right? So, so it's, you, you're frantically trying to go, right? What do I do? What do I do? And I, I never really had enough time to really, really forward think and 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 and, re, and, re, and really plan those, you know, the, the two weeks, three weeks ahead. So in the end, I just ended up going, well, if yeah, I'll just try and get a, a base of a team that can almost just just go through the whole season and, and get through it. But typically, what would happen then is that I'd do okay in those weeks, but there are people who were just like bang, you know. 100 points or whatever and I'd be like on <laughs> stuck on 40 or, or you know so so, so it, it was all that was always a challenge for me so if you, if you did have go on no, I was going to say it's balancing that so the, 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 I think there is a classic investment possibility here of, of, of FOMO you see those two things you think, oh they're going to get twice as many points and it doesn't always work out like that you've got to be stronger but I'm, I'm looking just looking ahead at um, a, a couple of but yes okay so Liverpool Man City of course Liverpool, Brentford, Luton, City, Chelsea, Brentford, both home games. But actually, Brighton, bless them, whichever Brighton turns up, they're, they're away to Sheffield United. That's got to be worth a look. Arsenal away to Burnley, got to be worth a look. United, maybe, well, we know Luton don't roll over at home. But again, United away to Luton, maybe we shouldn't leave Hoyland on the bench this time. Even Newcastle um, at home with Bournemouth. So there's, 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 there's some definite bits and pieces there. I was also thinking, you, you, you know, maybe this is the time to break out. I, 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 Definitely shouldn't admit this, but these sort of it's not children, is it children getting in the way? The Saturday mornings when everyone's rushing around, you think I just need half an hour to get my head straight. But I do remember a European one, and I know I shouldn't mention this even as I speak here, just sitting there and just about to transfer in Jordi Alba for my European Championships and getting a call that Hannah had fallen off the bike. And I'm just thinking, oh, and I, obviously I went down and went down the road, went down, picked her up, didn't do my transfer. Obviously, it's important to get Hannah and make sure she's 
Right. And of course, that's the right thing to do. But those missing Jordi Alba 14 points has, has haunted me for about eight, nine, ten years now. And it's uh, I know this doesn't make me a good person, but this is what fancy league does to you, does to me anyway. Well, it's not like she was OK, though, right? on a podcast. She was fine. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. I was going to say. And then, yes. And so when I went to visit her later in, in the hospital, when I saw down the team, no, it wasn't one of those stories. She, she was OK. But still, it had to be. Yes. Fathering comes first. That has got to. That's got to be the right. Is that the right mantra for uh, for Fancy League? That's the lesson I've learned from this one, Jules. Okay, good life lesson. The the other life lesson is that often don't make your transfers on a Friday night after a few beers when everything that seems a good decision. <laughs> yes, well, hopefully, hopefully there's no investment um, overlaps on that one. We haven't actually yeah, exactly. before. Malia sitting out long I, lunches uh, and then investment decisions. Six Stellas and a couple of Bacardis, and then I shoot into acidification for the coming weeks. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Well, if my, oh, actually, if there is anyone who does their uh, investments portfolios that way, do get on. We'd love to have you on Botnav. That truly <laughs> really would be the Botnav approach to fancy lead. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> So if you were still playing, sort of, Jake, just to sort of, sort of get into the end, but if you were, if if you if you were still playing this season, would would this be the week that you? And if you if you had if you had a certain Norwegian talisman, do you think you'd be hitting the triple captain button on him this week and just get it out the way? Triple captain. Yeah. So, 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 so you know something? I, I never got that right. No. I always got triple captain wrong. Uh, there was there was one time where. There's only one time I remember, and it was only Aguero, and it was like someone, I can't remember who it was against. Uh, and he, I think he scored like four or five, and that's the only time, I think it's four, that's mm. the only time I've got it right. Um, I've never, ever got it right. But I think it was against Newcastle or something, where Newcastle was terrible yeah. away from home. Um, so I've never, never got it right other than that. So don't don't ask me anything about triple captains. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was one of the thousands who played him or lots who did. I think United had a double game week in the midst sort of like January, February time last season. And I think I played it on Rashford and I think I just about did enough to justify it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that, oddly, that, that Newcastle game, I remember a friend of mine played against and he just, he just looked at his, his phone and he went, you know, Aguero, triple captain against Newcastle. Sometimes it is an easy game. It is, ah! But um, that was fine. But I, yeah, I think that the, the possibly the, the investment angle on the triple captain here is that Ireland could get one point over the next two games. It wouldn't make it the wrong decision to have triple captained him. And I think that that's the a really important point here for what, for what we're talking about, the way we're doing. You know, he is... Finally, you know, he's, he's clearly, you know, he got two goals against Everton. He was there and thereabouts last night against Copenhagen. But he's at home to Chelsea. He's at home to Brighton, to Brentford even. And looking forward, I just don't think, he, you know, unless you've got, you know, Solanke game 28 at home to Sheffield United, home to Luton, which I don't think from our point of view, that might be the triple captain for us. But I think if you've got Haaland now, there, there is... There are you can make reasons not to do it, but it, it just it is not even if he doesn't doesn't return, it doesn't make it a wrong decision. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I suppose the only the the the, the, the other factor is, and it's probably not investment related, is just that it's that foam, isn't it? You know, the fear of missing out. But then everybody does it and it negates any benefit of you doing it because you think I've made the right decision. And then you look at the league and everyone's made the right decision. So you've kept it. Yeah, but up, if you don't but, but then, then everyone's made, made the right decision ground. of captaining him and triple captaining him and then you're the one doesn't then you're you're out 20, 30, yeah, exactly. 40 points anyway. 
you know, yeah. um, I mean, obviously, it's it's a pretty it's it's, it's irrelevant for the Botnav team since we don't um, don't own the Norwegian meat meat closet. But he, um, you know, it's it, it's sort of yeah. I but so I I, was, I think come Friday I'll be I'll be advocating the Solanke call. Um, but I did, but also with chips, I think is this is we are getting close to sort of you're going to have to start using them because it does get really interesting in terms of the wild card followed by the bench boost or whatever we do further down the line. And a free hit at some point. Loads of fun and games to come. Definitely, definitely. On that note, then, it seems probably an opportune time to, uh, to, 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 to wind up. Justin, thank you so much for, uh, for giving us some time today and playing along with our game. It's been much appreciated. Justin, yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. Really, definitely great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hopefully I can come on again at some point again in the, in well, the future. Well, now we know your diaries. We, we feel you're taking bookings for about 2028, having seen your diary. But we'll get <laughs> we'll, we'll get in early this time. We'll get you on our we'll get you on our we'll get you on our three year anniversary to discuss our three year perf- cumulative performance. Cumulative performance. <laughs> That's the one thing we're going to cling to until we've actually built up a track record. We can cling to the future prospect of cumulative performance of Botnav. Brilliant. <laughs> Jules, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Yeah, thanks, Arrivederci. And thank you for everyone for listening. Goodbye.